Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. This episode of Believe is brought to you by Cryptid Coffee Co. Use promo code BELIEVE on checkout for 10% off their angry Yowie coffee blend. Head over to cryptid.com.au to check them out. It was just the most massive thing I've ever seen. I, to tell you the honest truth, I thought, well, we're the only ones left on this planet. Something's happened. We've missed something here. The fear that went in me when I seen it was just, um, like, the feeling. I'd say it was fear, but I've never felt that feeling before in my entire life. It's a weird feeling. Like, you can't explain it when you don't know. You feel like you're being followed, but you don't know what it is. We had two to our right, another one in front of us, another one to the left, and another one just across the road, shaking the daylight out of the tree. All we get was a big red eye. I remember waking up and looking at the end of the bed, and there was a figure there, almost insect-like, and then I blacked out. Welcome to the show, everyone. My name is Cade Moyer, and you are listening to the Believe Paranormal and UFO Podcast. If you have had an encounter and would like to share it, please get in touch with me. My email address is believepod at gmail.com. If you enjoy the podcast, be sure to leave us a rating or review wherever you listen and head on over to our website, believepod.com, and consider becoming a member to get bonus episodes and video content. Tonight I'm joined by Ben, and Ben had quite an unusual encounter in the Australian bush back in 1998. Ben, welcome to the show. It's good to be back, Hey, How are you? It is good to have you back. And uh key word there is back, because this isn't your first time on the podcast. You are actually a returning guest. Uh, maybe some listeners don't know who you are, but you actually guested on a live call-in show that we do once a month. And... Uh, the, the story that you left there was just absolutely mind-blowing. So, uh, for anyone who is interested in that, you have to become a Believe Plus member to listen to that. Highly recommend doing it. You can cancel your, your subscription right afterwards if you really, really want to. But uh, Ben is an incredible guest, and I'm so excited to have him back. Ben, I need to know what happened in the Australian bush when you're out there all the way back in 1998. Yeah, it was a... Uh, in- 1998, you know, living the 90s dream. Um, around that time, I was 15, and it would have been uh, spring, roughly, you know, coming into summer. Um, it was probably the term three holidays from high school. Um, myself and my two-year-old black mastiff named Piera, um, the two of us, we were setting out for my usual, you know, weekend. Um, as I said, it was the holidays, but like, I'm pretty sure it was a Saturday or a Sunday, so like a weekend of um, bush adventuring. And um, while we set out for uh, – when we set out for the bush, um, where I happen to live um, is a very interesting 
country. I know I sort of mentioned it to you um, in, the, in the show that I happen to live near a very old and probably, if not the first, um, asylum that was built in Brisbane. I believe it is the first that was built in Brisbane. Um, that way back when in the 1800s. <laughs> so this place is, uh, it's now largely uh, heritage listing, uh, listed and it's um, cordoned off. It's all falling to pieces. It's not being built into anything now, but um, it's very old and it comes with very heavy energy. So um, my my young puppy and I, uh, as she was only two years old at the time, um, we started to head uh, north-northwest um, past the buildings towards the direction of the river. And we were hugging the bush uh, along the waterline um, while proceeding to walk um, in the direction of Walston Farmhouse. I think I mentioned this in the last show too, that it's, again, one of the, it's the oldest uh, farmhouse um, that still exists from that time period um, in the 1800s. So heading that way, um, it's, it's a good walk and there's a, a certain amount of distance. I want to say it's roughly 15, 20 kilometres uh, towards the farmhouse. Um, when we hit the bush, uh, we had to hug the waterline, more or less while um, trying to sort of stay above the high tide mark. And for a lot a lot of the walk, we were through, you know, we were walking through shrubby, sparse, um, easy navigate. You know, it was very easy to navigate and see into um while we were approaching, um, you know, clearings. And it was just basic, um, sparse, bushy scrub that you see when you're down by the Brisbane River usually. Um, but it does change in certain pockets of the areas where um, there might be another creek coming out. So it thickens up quite densely. Um, while heading this way, there's a little known islands just between um, Waycol and what's known as Prize Pocket or Moggle. And... While we were walking up towards this little island, um, it was upon approach that uh, my dog and I, while, <laughs> while we were walking, we were having the best day ever, you know, just meandering along, um, enjoying each, uh, each other's company and just um, being out there in the Australian bush, as you put it. <laughs> um, so we weren't seeing anything more than a scrub turkey, some birds and um, lizards and the odd brown snake. Um but while we were walking through um, this vegetation, uh, it started to thicken up, as I said, um, as I was mentioning, uh, when we got towards a creek or, or something coming off the side of the river. And it became thickets of heavy green, like leaf, leafy climbers or lantana. Um, as we were beginning to um, make our way towards, you know, the, the thicket, where as the bush line got really dense, that was when I started to notice that everything went really, really quiet. I mean, it it's like the, the life was sucked out of the bush and you honestly could not um, hear anything uh, other than uh, our footsteps as we were moving. So what had been, you know, enjoyment was this sudden feeling of high alert and my dog, uh, she wasn't on a lead at the time and she would always walk right beside me on my right and, and her pace and her usual bumbling through the bush, um, seemed to stop Well, she started to stop and, um, was moving far slower and quite cautiously with her, um, with her head up and her ears pricked. And 
at the, it was at this note at, at this point that we started to notice that um, there was there was a strange sound that was made at the same time. Um, it's a really hard thing to explain, and I'm usually not lost for words, Kate. But when I when I recall this sound, it is so strange because what I perceived it to sound like was almost like a woman's shriek, only that it was mechanical sounding. Um, it, that's bizarre to say. Um, that it, you know, like a, I wouldn't say a robotic sound, but um, it's like a woman's voice. Uh, coming through a really, really old speaker only with uh, static attached to it, if that makes um, makes sense. It, it wasn't like it was a, like a metallic sounding kind of voice or anything like that. It, it sounded like it was almost projected out of a speaker or something like that. Just uh, it Definitely, um, I want to say um, certain words, only they don't seem to suit it um, when I say distorted because... Um, that almost sounds like it was dis- dis- like um, distorted or discordant um, because uh, while it wasn't a very nice sound, like it was harmonious in the sense of the woman's scream and the mechanical sound being one and together. So that was um, like a joined sound, but um, it had. It, I've I've listened to uh, not only people that have been on your, your show, but also on Dean's show um, and describing mechanical sounds. Um, it's very, I don't know, I don't hear it very often, but when I do hear the mechanical sounds, I'm like, I, I prick up to try and hear if anyone can describe it in a particular way. And it seems that it seems to elude a lot of people when it comes to the, describing it because there's I haven't found anything to compare it to. It's a very unique type of sound that you are trying to describe because you're not the first person that I've heard try to describe it and kind of not be able to find the words for it because it is such a such an odd type of noise to hear that it's it's so unnormal that you can't compare it to anything <laughs> unnormal is the word yeah it did because it it's it I mean even now um and this was um I didn't quite explain um, how I how I kind of got here with all of this stuff, and that it's because of um, prehistory. Um, this happened so long ago, but um, very recently, remembering a lot of this stuff as it came forward. And so, while I've been lost in the um, going back there and allowing it to come through, it's still just it's such a just it was such a uh, distinct and disturbing not just feeling that came with it, but the, because of the sound. Um, that the sound lingers with me even now. And because it's something that, uh, strangely enough, you know, when you can't place it in the Australian bush, it always, I believe certain things will always bug people that little bit so it stays along with them. Um, and that's why this, to this day, it still bugs me. Um, the initial sound is what really, really bugs me. Um, I continue on, I should continue on with the story because it's what came next that kind of um, added to it. <laughs> and really made it um that's where things really went down um so as i was saying um my dog was right beside me on my right hand side um and she had um started to notice that something uh that i guess with the bush going quiet something was up 
Um, but we had to, we, we were following the river line and making our way to the approach of the thicket. And as I made my way down to the thicket bush ahead of us, that's when um, my dog just stopped dead in her tracks and her head lowered looking directly forward. And the instant she stopped, um, I know I'd heard something that, and then that's what still bugs me to this day. And, and as to what kind of sound it was, um, very unusual. It sounded like a woman was being spooked or snuck up on, you know, like the, uh, the shriek that someone makes when they're surprised. And like I said, it was only mechanical. Um, that's when she, uh, my dog's attitude just changed entirely. She looked down. So I looked down and her toes were spreading into the dirt and she was tensing up and she began this low growl. I've never heard before. And, I've never heard, I never heard her do it again either after that, and that's another reason why this whole day stuck out. Uh, all her hackles on the, and the hair on her back ridge just stood up, and the tail her tail was between her legs. Uh, she was on high alert. She was scared. Um, I'd never seen her like this before, nor after, and she was glued to the spot. Um, I need to point out that I never saw anything. Um, obviously, I was on high alert, so was she. Um but I definitely knew that I wasn't alone, and she knew it too. So, this, as I mentioned, this area is known for its awful history. Uh, it, uh, it's his, it's history, you know. With being an asylum, it comes with quite an awful history. At that, um, there are spirits around for sure. Um, from and you know, it isn't very old. Um, uh, not far away from where I was uh, is where the Wugaru clan had their pullin' pullin' um, or there was a borrowing, but a fighting ground. So very old, ancient areas and places to be around. I know I was already sort of well. I already had heightened senses when I was that age, so I was well aware of you know, what already pre-exist. But as yeah, this was different as I'd never experienced anything. So when we stood at the, so when we stood at the edge of the clearing, um, that's when I. I, I took one or two steps forward and I just, I, I I noticed what my dog was doing immediately looking down at her and seeing her hackles up. And that's when another sound came. And this sound, it's just like a really painful, uh, that's the horrible word to use. I'm so sorry to use painful, really perturbing, disturbing uh, feeling that was projected as it came out, um, the sound, it felt like it went straight through me. And I know at the same time that my dog felt the same because it's like we winced at the same time together. And it was the most simple, uh, like a barking sound, like a very quick bark, just uh, high-pitched and slightly, but very slightly aggressive. But it was very quick, so it was only like a very, like almost like a chirp of a bark if that makes any sense to you at all. When we heard, when, when I heard that is when uh, it was, it was like I needed to back out and get out of there. It truly disturbed me. Um, <laughs> I was, I appreciate that I was a smart 15 year old and that I didn't just take off and run out of there like a crazy, like a crazy person. Um, and thinking back on it, had I done that, you know, 
what what might have come out after me. I mentioned that I never saw anything, but I definitely felt the presence of something. Something was there. I did hear that um, not only with the sound of the bark, but it like a shifting uh, foot. I could say footsteps, but it was just a shifting in the bush. Um, and that could have just been something brushing up against something or, or shifting its weight. Um, that was enough for me to, as I said, start backing away. And as soon as I started to back away, um, I started, you know, to – my dog was doing the exact same <laughs> – making the same movements. We just went backwards in a uh, direction towards um, the road, which I knew was up towards the back of me and would have been – roughly 200 meters away um so and i always was aware of where i was going i had a really good sense of direction i wasn't your uh, I, I didn't just folly out into the bush i always had a good sense of where i was going what i was up to i had a pack lunch water you name it so the only thing i didn't have a, was a compass but um i knew the direction that i was by heading backward i was heading south um southeast heading up to the road um i refused to turn my back until I hit the road. Um, <laughs> my dog literally did the same as I did. Both her and I started to back out. Once we felt safe is when we, we turned around and we, we, we sort of walked away. Now, nothing else happened from here on. Um, nothing chased us. Nothing came out aggressively. But continuing the walk um, down on the road, and we still had to go through a lot of um, the bushland that was around us or nearby to us, there was a there was sort of a permanent sense or a permanent attachment of the sense of something had like something follow not following you sorry something's watching you, um, and that feeling stayed with us for quite a while. Um, I want to say that it was quite early in the morning when this happened. Like it wasn't um, it wasn't late in the afternoon or anything like that at all. In fact, I was up uh, with the sparrows and. It could have potentially been around, say, 7, 30, 8 o'clock in the morning when this happened. And once it did, I know that I got home uh, well and truly before lunchtime from where I was. So from the time that it happened, uh, I was home well and truly before lunch. So it would have been maybe 10 or 11. I made my way home uh, because I was really bothered by what had happened. And, yeah, that, that's, that's the crux of it. I can hear how much this encounter has affected you, Ben, because you can hear the the uncertainty in your voice talking about everything that happened, and you can you can hear how how much it it actually affected you in that moment because your retelling is fantastic, and it, and it really does put me right into the into the moment with you, and it genuinely sounds terrifying. I actually, um, as soon as I start to go back into it, I, I go with the memories and I know what I explained to you um, last week with being an empath. Um, kind of, there's more to add to the empathy, um, with clairvoyancy, uh, Claire empathy, clairsentience and claircognience um, and a bit of precognition. And I know I'm using really big words there, but I have a, have a more thorough assessment of what, um, plays in and and what affects me and if i go back to said moment even now i can feel it like sitting in my uh because it's come up i've allowed it to sort of come through um other what existed from before what i felt um i remember you know the the nervousness um and the the feeling uh, scared of <laughs> something um 
not knowing quite what that was. And it was playing off of a lot of things that had come up um, from childhood that didn't make sense. I haven't explained this to you yet, but when I was much younger, I was... (laughs) My cousins that were the same age as I, um, I used to stay over with them quite a lot and their house was over in Red Bank uh, Plains back in the 80s when things were being developed. And when we used to stay out there, a few things happened out near the bush out there that always bothered me and I was always scared of the bush out there and I always felt that I'd um, seen a face um, staring at me in the bush once when I was younger um, out at Red Bank Plains. Um, and this is something I'm working on. I haven't got all this information yet, so I'm still going back to those memories. But what I do know is that that triggered something and I would stay at my cousin's house and they would watch um, horror movies. It was just their thing. Them with their dad, these two boys, um, my two cousins, they would laugh at horror movies, but I would be you know, quite perturbed by gore and things like that. But they would watch another movie, which was PG rated. And I was absolutely terrified of it. And I don't know if you remember from 1987's uh, Harry and the Henderson. Yeah, absolutely. I actually would. I had night terrors of, because of that movie. <laughs> so I've I've always had something that existed. And now my I, I was terrified. But even then, they used to say like they're not here in Australia. That's only in America. And I used to hear that then. But I, 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 you know, and you don't know anything when you're this age and, you, you know, your parents don't know anything and they don't have um, knowledge about, yeah, well, they don't, you know, they've never seen anything, therefore they don't talk about it. Um, it it's just a myth. Uh, as I said, when I started delving into this and I remembered that had, having happened, like, because I was already sort of scared of things, even in that moment when I was 15 and just leaving that bush, I was thinking of those things from those days when I was younger of Harry and the Hendersons and what could be in the bush even then. So it's, it's what's always like, I know these things and these links have always existed, but in, and, and why, but um, I've only started to figure this all out now. And sure enough, you know, in the last few years, I've nurse dived into your show, Dean's show, Sarah's show um, to get more on the paranormal because of all these things that have occurred, you know, to myself. But, um, Sorry. No, it's uh, it's it's all great context because I actually forgot to mention at the start of this um, interview that uh, the the podcast that you did feature on, you did explain that you're an empath, and um, that's one of my questions for you is like, how young were you when you realized that you were that little bit different, that you could feel things that not everyone else could feel? And now a quick word from our sponsor. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Also, are you wanting more content? Why not become a Believe Plus member? You'll get access to exclusive podcasts and episodes that aren't available to the public. Not only that, you'll also get our regular feed without any ads. 
Head to believepod.com forward slash plus to sign up today for just $5 a month. I've always known that I've had heightened senses, um, but yeah, the, there's been a couple of uh, a couple of uh, different uh, sort of state. I call it stages, but mo- the obviously moments, things that occurred, um, and in those stages, uh, reaff- and affirmed it with me. So there's more than it's like to say there's more than one thing, but as that occurred, it only made it um, stand out stronger and made me definitely believe it within myself as well and i think a lot of people who are ever faced with any of this stuff and as we usually and when you are usually faced with it with no information whatsoever it's awfully scary and terrifying and, and you know we we all know that through just um society and culture that you know what happens to crazy people and i live near that asylum by the way so i'm very very much aware of what can happen to someone if they're deemed crazy? Um, so, you know, there are times when I've shut down completely and never said anything. I mentioned that last time. I definitely would like to, um, at some point, uh, get a lot more out to be a bit more helpful with, you know, how did I get here? How did I do that? And we definitely won't have enough time in the show to do that tonight. But just where we were before, um, how worked up I can get in a story. It's because I can reconnect to that. And in the, when I was talking to you, then I was allowing myself to really feel where I was back then. And it does, I go, I get almost back into the 15 year old self and it comes out just as, um, I am telling a story because I can feel it. I know what was there and I allow it to come up. So, yeah, it is, it is a really great retelling. And, you know, there's, there's so many things that, really stand out for me about your encounter that and I and I'm sure you've made this connection and I think the the listeners have no doubt made oh, the yeah. connection that you know this is a, a potential Yowie encounter that you had. Um yeah. one of the the real standout things for me was, you know, the the bush just kind of going dead quiet, creating that that almost mm-hmm. vacuum like feeling, um which is just so unnatural for the for the bush. I don't know if you've ever stood in an amphitheater. Yeah. It is. And, 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 and that sense when you're in an amphitheater, um, because everything sort of can carry, it's almost like if you dropped a pin, it's going to carry that far as well. You know, any movement that you make, um, seems to be, uh, a hundred times louder than what it was only a moment before when, you know, the bush was erupting with its usual cacophony of noises. <laughs> I would imagine it is a situation that feels just absolutely surreal because your senses would just be heightened to a to a level that would be unimaginable. And with you being an empath, that really would have been almost like a sensory overload for you. And it definitely, and even now, um, as I said, um, I know that you can more or less call some of these things um, you could call it a trauma in a sense because you know. And I know that for a lot of these uh, stories that come through to show, there definitely are traumas. Um, can't take away from that. I wouldn't say that mine was, you know, to the, you know, to a high extent of trauma. But because it's something that uh, is so unusual, it causes certain kind of fear and anxiety. And steps, especially when you, um, I used to go out in the bush all the time on my own, and I know I did have particular times when there was things that felt out of the ordinary. And I, you know, I went with a lot of that because it, 
it's kind of what tells you where to go and where not to go, if that makes sense, when you're um, uh, rampaging freely through the bush. But at the same time, just being aware of your surroundings, this time, you know, this was very, it was that unusual because you, we all know that, you know, the worst that we've probably got, we've got some pretty gnarly things to get around. Um, you know, people from overseas wouldn't know just how many feral animals um, that have come from all over the world live in Australia, and um, that includes uh, the three types of wild deer. And the, these are all by the Brisbane River where I live too, so I'm aware that there are deer and um, pigs and um, wild pigs and uh, even wild dogs can make their way down this far um, very rarely, but back then it was a bit more common than what it is now. Um, and, yeah, I so – Knowing what's out there, like I said, I was running into brown snakes. I was always aware, you know, you have, you're not, if anyone that walks out in the Australian bush is not that silly because we, we have things like death adders and brown snakes and, <laughs> and big spiders and you name it. So it's funny because I, just as I said that, I was thinking of drop bears and isn't it, <laughs> isn't it so unusual that we have, that we literally, we do have like this eu- euphemistic, uh, like it's not euphemistic, sorry, um, but we have this lo- like, social story that we tell as Australians to other people, especially like we all love telling it to backpackers and telling them about um, being, being aware of, you know, the drop bear. And here we are with our living, breathing drop bear actually out there, you know, like it's not a, it's not a myth. It's just not a koala bear with um <laughs> with teeth. Yeah, the the irony of it all doesn't ever fall flat on me because a lot of people joke about it, but it's kind of like, eh, you know, give it a couple of extra feet and in height, and you know, you you got yourself a genuine yowie running around out there. <laughs> Correct. So I, w- I want to talk about the the shriek that you've heard because yep. you know everything that you've you've said here is it does ring bells for for a yowie encounter because i hear so many people who who have non-visual encounters with with a yowie where they hear almost like a woman in trouble like a woman screaming in in i don't know if it's in pain or in terror but that's the that's the common element in a non-visual sighting yeah and I have had, uh, like, that's one of the reasons, you know, I've, I've paid attention to um, various, um, I don't even like calling them stories because I, I hear them as truth. So uh, when I'm hearing um, the tellings that are coming through from everyone um, relating to sound um, and majority of them went, it's, it leaned towards like a female sound or at least a female sounding sound. So I, I've always wanted to, uh, I wish I'd queried Dean on this Um when I actually messaged on um, one of your shows that you joined up on, but I wish I'd asked him that um, about more the, less the female sound um, because it, it seems that obviously I, I don't know if it's the, the males are seen more often because um, they can be a little bit obviously less scared uh, or being territorial, whatever the reason might be, they seem to be seen more frequently as opposed to more of a feminine one or female one, and they seem to be a bit more of the rarer-sided. Um, but, you know, obviously, if they've got that kind of sound, to, you know, like a, like if the same as we do in our own society, in, the, in human um, society, if uh, a woman will scream, it will grab the attention, uh, or, or a child screams, it will grab the attention of the male nearby. So 
it didn't sound when I think of it, it didn't sound male because it didn't sound masculine, and it did. It reminded me of a woman screaming. Only what really disturbs me is it's not, is how it sounded, um, because it did it. It went through you, travelled through you at the same time, um, it, like an unnerving feeling. Um, like I was almost if she, if she if it sorry the yaoi um, was nervous. I was feeling either its nervousness or it was wanting me to feel really, really nervous, but like a projected sound. Yeah, and that's really only something that has an incredibly large diaphragm is able to project something like that. And then everyone talks of infrasound and, um, you know, that uh, elephants and uh, tigers do it and um, – because it is, it does like it, there's a resonance to it. There's a vibrancy, and obviously, because I, I mean, I refer to it as as sound, and um, I, I I I what happens with me as well. Um, there's always I always feel electrical interference, um, not all the time, but um, and that, I say not all the time because it, you know I can be near a PowerPoint. It's not going to be that kind of crazy, but um. The higher the uh, electrical frequency, I, I can always pick up on it, and so I can't. I actually can't handle a lot of um, like being somewhere that's too close to um, like a power station or anything like that. Um, so the electrical interference bothers me, and that's kind of what it, how it affected me in a like an electrical sense. I was wondering if you were on the same thought pattern with it being infrasound because. One of my questions was going to be that you said this this kind of had a, a physical effect on you, but did you did you feel kind of nauseous or um, like dizzy or, or anything like that from it? You don't notice that, I guess, uh, all of it immediately. I want to say like um, I and that's and that could be that I was at the time, um, but as I piece it together now, it felt like that kind of came a little bit after and that the first major feelings that came through were fight or flight, you know, the, that kind of um, right on edge kind of uh, fear. And, uh, you know, that that's something that you, you obviously just take notice of, like how many times in your life have you ever really felt that? And I uh, grew up with a bit of, with actually being afraid of dogs. I know that sounds really crazy that I had a dog right beside me, but when I was younger, it was a fear for me and that I overcame as a teenager because, and that's one of the reasons I had a dog. But, um, when I was younger, like I knew what it was like to be scared of something that was bigger than me with sharp teeth and things like that, that could growl and, and made me feel that way. But, um, and this was, like I said, it was by a hundred though, you know, it wasn't the same. <laughs> it wasn't like a dog next door, just barking and giving you a bit of a fright. It was, much yeah like a much more powerful frightened and hyper aware kind of frightened where everything becomes super alert your hair stands on end as i said my dog's hair was standing on end we were both yeah uh alert like i felt like i was almost hovering off the ground because of the sound as it like it almost lifts you off the ground in a moment um and you like you go back a bit um I didn't feel impacted like I was knocked to the ground or anything, but you definitely feel something because it comes through and travels through you. Infrasound is just one of these things that, you know, you really only hear about it in a, in a handful of cases. And, you know, your encounter, it is so unique. with and, and you're such a unique individual yourself, Ben, because of being an empath. I wonder if that had any 
kind of significance to the way that you felt in that moment? Mm, well, hence the um, life investigation currently and, you know, wanting to get this out more, let's talk to you. I'm kind of, this is my therapy to, um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, to explore this. Um, and, you know, I, I would speak for, and I, I'm going to say this before the end of the show, but I would speak for so many, uh, what was hundreds is now becoming thousands um, of us that are out there. And it's not just, you know, someone that will sound like listen to the show and uh, hear something that I might say and think that they're like myself. It's the fact that they'll listen and they'll um, hear anyone's story and connect to someone and to something and allow them to feel free to be able to do the same because that's kind of where we're at um, now. Like, uh, I feel like we're on the precipice of everybody coming forward with so much of um, – what goes on more internally within us as human beings, you know, like stop worrying about what's more on the outside and the superficial layers um, and look what's more deeper and, and, and always been with us, you know. All these things have always been with us. It's it's reawakening in a sense. Um, yeah, absolutely. I feel like we're on the cusp of a, uh, a paradigm shift in so many different ways. And I could go on. I mean, I've got more to add on all of that stuff too, but... Um, just yeah coming to you coming to you with this story um speaking to you on on the, the other show um in order to get this out because um you know it's not only helpful to for myself to allow it to come out um i know that there are you know I, i'm connecting with the other people that have been coming out over the last well since i know since you've been along since dean's had his show um in the yowie sense when we'll be coming forward with these stories because um well, I've lived in a few different places around Australia too, so and I've, I feel really connected to this, you know, uh, this country. It's obviously one of the reasons why I've come into a life to live, you know, um, located in Australia. And I've been to some wonderful, magical places. I don't think a lot of people would be able to step foot on, and or if they ever would get the chance to, especially with the islands in North Queensland. Um, I know you're from Cairns. I lived on Dunk Island. I also lived on Badara Island. I lived on Lizard Island. <laughs> Um, for at least seven years of my life, those three islands, they're like the jewels in my crown of places I've been at one, you know, wonderful places I've been able to live. Um, also, I uh, lived over in Western New Britain in Papua New Guinea and also in Broome, Western Australia. Um, very spiritual places. And, um, through those travels is where I've been taught, um, by various people. And I was told about, um, brownies and all these names started came, coming up that i'd never heard before about the brownies um the jundity or um of various other names that i i didn't write down tonight i wanted to to tell you um but they're not i didn't feel they were my place to say because they're uh um when they come from culture and uh, i just want to respect the cultures appropriately and not about all the information that they've said to me um, when they've said it to me in, in, in privacy. Yeah, no, I, and I, I totally respect you for that because, you know, Aboriginal culture is is such a, I guess, a, a passed down tradition that to not to take away their, I guess, their history, but for, for you to tell it in the way that maybe they don't want it to be told is, yeah, yeah I, I completely get it. And so I, I, by just wanting to put forward that, you know, that there were different names and then, you know, the um, different stories that I was told, um, and especially up in Can uh, 
coming a bit south of Cairns because I, I live south of Cairns, just in from Innisfail in Babinda area where, you know, the Tully region where um, those islands are located. Um, and while mentioning that I was up there learning these stories, um, I happened to also live up there at two separate time periods. And I went, I was on either island and I went through both cyclones. I went through Cyclone Larry and I went through Cyclone Yasi. Um I've gone through some really intense stuff and I will come back to talk to you on a number of these things. But those storms, um, those stories, these places I've been, like I carry all of this with me now and um, uh, here we finally come to like a precipice point where I'm able to, uh, over the last couple of years to piece, like piece a lot of this together and see the bigger picture. And I'm no longer, I'm no longer fooled by the rest of the world, if that makes sense. I'm no longer uh, pulling the wool over my own eyes and, um, because if you listen, if people sat down and listen to the news, it's basically going to formulate your, it's going to, the news will formulate your opinions. It will tell you what your opinions are. And I woke up to that around the same age when I was 15, you know, like that I didn't want to be brainwashed. I wanted to think for myself. Um, and this is where like, it's come full circle now to, not pick on myself and say that I am crazy about having these upset abilities or feeling this way and learning these things. Um, it's bringing me up. It's bringing me forward and standing into it more or less and stepping into it. And I feel more real than I've ever felt in my life. Um, I don't feel as though I'm pressured to be a particular way other than myself and i know that's not easy that's that, that's no easy mean feat this has taken a long time for me to get that way but by just coming out and getting onto your show sharing my story feeling the impassioned way i do and telling uh jibs and drabs of my stories <laughs> i um i feel you know empowered because of your show and i hope that this does connect with other listeners across the world um, to come forward with their stories, share it with us all. You know, it, this is a big community of us out there. We're here to support you, you know, come forward and, um, you know, fall into our arms. You know, we, we believe you, we believe. And I, I think that's a, a really powerful message there. It's, I think a lot more people should be accepting of things they've encountered and, and things that they've experienced and things that they can do and feel, um, you are a, a great example of that. And, mate, I, I couldn't agree with you more about the news. I haven't watched the news in about 10 years. Um, nothing nothing ever good is shown on the news. And I, I really do love the, the way that, you know, you are embracing this, this new form of life for yourself here. It is, I, I, I would say it is a, a great example for, for people who have ever encountered something that they can't explain hey you are much this person yourself um because you are setting this up for us to come out you know it's not just your belief in us you know this is um, i'm here for you because you put um you've put yourself out there to do this for all of us that sometimes oh i know that i was too scared to come out and come forward um because there was no uh it's not so much having a safe space there was no forum um but it feels safe. <laughs> that makes sense. Um, it's not something that I f- I worry about being. I, as I mentioned to you last time, I'm in a stronger place um, with within myself to be able to stand up to the haters and the bullies. It's not even standing up. It's like that just melts off me nowadays. But that was. It's not to say that I never felt those things. I was very aware that I I 
needed to point that out from uh, having not said that last time that, you know, I was very, I've been a very effective person um, while going through all of this. And I think we all do it where we, we have to maintain normality and go on with life. Um, so, you know, you'll see people around you. And this is one of the reasons why I'm very bothered by people with arrogance and narcissistic types and arrogant people um, because quite simply, you know, we could have had a really, really bad day, any of us, um, and especially as more hypersensitive people like yourself, myself, and a lot of the listeners and um, how they feel, like we take on a lot. So all it takes is for one person to walk up to us with a bad attitude and tell us something really awful and we'll feel wiped out. We want to retreat. You want to go away. You won't, you won't feel safe enough to speak or talk for any reason because, you know, the world's against you for whatever reason. But um, to all those listeners that have the struggle within them right now, you know, just hang in there because I'm not going to say that it will get better. It's more that it will come forward. It will come forward. You will step into yourself more. The more you want to get, the more you get to know yourself, the more you net, and you dive deep to get to know yourself, you will find you will find it. You'll be able to step into it. And that's about as much as I can put forward at this moment. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Believe Paranormal and UFO podcast. If you have had an encounter and you would like to share it, please get in touch with me. My email address is believepod at gmail.com. Finally, don't forget to follow us on all our social media outlets and be sure to join our Discord server to talk to other listeners of the show. You'll find all these links in our show notes. Thank you. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns.